Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And he swings. Hits it high. And deep. And gone. Still going back. Here's the moment you've been waiting for, Jack. We get to talk about Zach Veen. Oh, oh man. Fortunately, you got to wait until the end of the episode because we're counting down. We've got the top five prospects in the Colorado Rockies system, and uh, we talked about it in part one, which if you haven't listened to Prospects 10 through 6 and the honorable mentions, go check that out. Uh, if you just can't wait, you can skip straight to the finale here. We're going to talk about the top five prospects. This is a top-heavy system, Jack, and I'm really excited to talk about these five dudes. Dude, I, these five guys can compete with really any top five in, in any system in baseball at this point. Um, I think at the beginning of the year, we were not saying that about the Colorado Rockies at all. We were, we were saying that probably about one guy, but here we are looking at five guys that have really pieced it together and four top 100 guys for the Colorado Rockies. You're talking about the middle infield of the future a perennial all-star possibly and one of the best players in all of major league baseball at the very top. And then some other guys, how about a catcher that can hit 310 at Coors? I yeah. mean, it, it can be very interesting with these top five guys in this system. It's wild because, you know, we make fun of the Rockies for so many different things. We talked about this off the, off the top of the, the first episode of this Rocky system breakdown. And by the way, if you skipped part one, uh, you have the link in the description here to follow along, see the write-up, see the, the scouting grades that we have on each of their tools and all that good stuff. But yeah. it is really amazing to see these are all guys that were roughly on the radar, but now we've kind of seen them, you know, take this leap. Uh, I would say some of them, you know, have already been, I'd say Zach Fien has been considered an elite prospect for a while, but to see like Ezekiel Tovar make that leap, Adel Amador make a big leap. Like that is a really interesting and exciting thing about a Rocky system that, Look, dude, going into this year, we didn't really know how to feel about him. And we'll get into Drew Romo as well, who has really helped uh, bolster and boost this system. But I would argue that warming Bernabelle has been one of the more intriguing out of nowhere guys. And I, I know Fangraphs had him at seven. Uh, I've seen him. He floats anywhere from like the five to eight range uh, in the top 10, uh, no matter what publication you look at. We have him at five. And you know, I'll explain why I have him a little bit higher than I think everybody else is honestly, it's just hard to deny the results. Uh, he has some moving parts to his swing. He's got a big leg kick, a little bit of, of a, it's not even a hitch. I don't want to use the word hitch because we talked about a hitch with Montgomery. It's more of yeah. just a hand pump that he replicates. And this guy makes a ton of contact, dude. We're talking elite zone contact, pushing on 90% and now tapping into power. He's aggressive, but he's walking and he's not striking out. So I'm not that worried about it. 
probably needs to tone the approach down a little bit. But before I kick it to you, Jack, 317, 390, 504 slash line in low A this year. He just turned 20 years old, just got promoted to high A. That's good for a 131 WRC plus 10% walk rate, 13% K rate. I mean, you can't ask for a much better stat line across the board. And then 10 home runs is an example of the power really coming out. No, for a 19-year-old, right? He just turned 20 a month ago. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and I can get all my warming puns out right now if you yes. want. His name is literally W-A-R-M-I-N-G. He didn't need any time to heat up in, in April. He was all systems go right away, warming Barnabell was. So as it was cool, he was hot. In April, he hit 324 four in 19 games. And I mean, he put together a 924 OPS. Um, it doesn't feel like he's going to cool down anytime soon. Um, and he's got some hot feet too. He steals a lot of bags, um, which is funny. Cause he's not that he's not like a burner. He's more of a, of a warmer kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, listen, this guy can be a microwave on the base paths for sure. <laughs> you know, that's the craziest part is I'm interested to see how the, how the stolen bases translate. Cause he's more of an average runner but instinctual, aggressive, picks his spots. And I mean, 21 bags in 65 games is pretty impressive. I'm interested to see how he is against, you know, more advanced competition, guys that are going to spin him a little bit more. Because from what I saw, the guy can hit fastballs. He can spray the ball over the field. He's tapped into more pull side power. And you're looking at a hitter that probably going to – I would say be one of those high contact, lower walk, lower strikeout rate, like Harold Ramirez type of hitter. I'm in. I'm in. Who can play some good defense, I think, and continues to project as a solid defender at third. Not that much physical projection, but I like the bat speed. At cores, I'd say doubles guy that's going to translate into homers there. I think you can bet on a 280, 350 kind of slash line with 20 plus home runs if it all works out. And that's a really good profile with 10 or a little bit more stolen bases. That's a solid number five prospect in your system. And again, just 20 years old and already in high A. And I'm very interested to see how he's going to do there. He's only been there for two games. 100%. You know, if we're looking at low A and, and what two games is Spokane to the high A level here, um, I, I think that the 10 homers are encouraging. Just the 40 strikeouts in 67 games is encouraging. Uh, the 21 walks is great. How about 21 doubles or 21 uh, stolen bases, but how about 21 doubles Doubles. here? So he's got 21 stolen bases, 21 doubles. You said he can be a doubles guy. I see 31 extra base hits in 67 games. That's a really solid clip for a guy hitting 315 and not striking out. It's just line drives, man. Like it's really his swing path is just geared for line drives, tons of contact. And as he gets better with the approach, I think he's going to be in business in that regard. 38% ground ball rate. Uh, in, in low A. That's what I like to see because, I mean, what do you want to hit the ball on the ground at cores for? What, what, yeah. what do you want to do that for? I, mean, yeah. I don't want a guy just selling out for lift. He's a little bit pull happy. Again, I want to see him continue to use the field a little bit better. He's starting to show flashes of really being able to do that, but it's more of him trying to tap into the power. Look, he doesn't roll over a lot. I love that. I think that's going to translate in a very cavernous outfield. I love high contact guys. Bernabel should be a perfect fit and I think projects to be kind of like maybe the heir to McMahon or they'll have to find another spot for him, but he's young, has plenty of time, but should climb rather quickly as a 55 grade hit tool guy. 
Yeah. Talk to me about the, the actual swing mechanics, because you mentioned a leg kick and you mentioned that he's aggressive, you know, he can chase and he can, um, what we see from a lot of young hitters, right? What you saw from Wander Franco at the lower levels of minor league baseball was he was swinging at bad pitches and he was putting bad pitches in play because of the bat to ball skills. That's what we were talking about with Luis Matos as well. Right. I mean, he just swings at all these pitches and he's got such good bat to ball that he's putting balls in play. And it feels like that's kind of what warming Bernabel is dealing with at the moment. Best name in minor league baseball. Again, warming Bernabel. And it's awesome that he's a top five prospect in the Rocky system. But I, is it an aggressive swing with that leg kick? Is it like, is it torquey? What's the deal? That's, that's the thing is it's really like under control. Uh, and that's what that's why I'm pretty encouraged by him overall is like, Overall, like he really does a good job of repeating all of the moves and, and it's a, it's a big, slow leg kick. What I see a little bit is, is that spinning like whole, like to try to, to rotate and and go get pitches. So you'll see him pull stuff middle away. And that's where I'm like, his hands work so well. He's a good athlete. So he's able to duplicate that big leg kick and make the moves, but two Oh count type of thing. He's swinging at a fastball, you know, maybe on the outer half and, and yanking it in, you know, between third and short, let's say for a base hit. Saw so many videos like that. I don't think you're going to get those kinds of mistakes where you're going to be able to do that with these fastballs at high a double a, they're going to be firmer. They're going to be harder to square up and they're going to be harder to yank to the pull side. That's kind of what I see, but I I think he repeats his moves really well. And I think he can make those moves work. He's just got to use the whole field a bit more and, and he gets a little bit too, you know, rotate I guess it's not even a word, but he gets too rotational and almost a little bit too early on, on that spin, but no, it's I mean, fair. For he, what he is, his hands work great. He comes out of his center of gravity. Yeah. And I know, you know, when you're, when you're taught hitting, you're taught, think of like a metal pole going through you from, you know, the middle of your head all the way down to the ground. You want to stay on that. You don't want to be drifting forward or backward. Do you feel like he's kind of thrown off that plane quick, quickly? I think when you got guys with leg kicks, man, at times there, that leg gets down a little bit late. And, and so I've talked to hitters about this, like subconsciously, if you feel a little bit rushed, your brain's going to tell you spin off, right? Like get the hips out, get everything out. And his hands are so good that he will still get to the baseball, but then he's overly rotating. He's, he's pulling a ball in the air that, you know, maybe he should have hit a line drive back up the middle. So yeah, Yeah. it's somewhat of that, but the fact that he's still able to be productive with these moving parts and sometimes inconsistency with his timing, I'm pretty impressed overall with how, how much he's able to duplicate that swing. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a good hitter, man. Just turned 20 years old and putting up big numbers. This guy's going to be really good. And the only reason why he's not higher is that you got guys ahead of him that are just looking like they could be legitimate, you know, high end top 100 guys very soon. Uh, starting with Adel Amador, who we gave out on eBay or for our eBay like investment on TikTok. I gave him out yeah. as one of my favorite buys. Uh, because he's a plus hit tool guy, in my opinion, uh, switch hitter, shortstop, above average power potential, above average runner, decent defender. There's a lot to like without Al Amador, $1.5 million international free agent in 2019. Only reason why I think he doesn't get as much name recognition is that he, that, that class was loaded and also yes. included Jason Dominguez. $1.5 million is a lot of money. I think the Rockies also being the team that signed him probably hurt the uh, allure a little bit, but I think yeah. he's making up for that. And and he has been fantastic this year. Looking at a 19 year old switch hitter that's hitting 306 with a 409 OBP. It's pretty good, right? 
got 44 free passes and 42 punch outs. And oh, by the way, 10 homers, 13 doubles, 13 stolen bases. It's it's amazing. And, and the reason why I was confident enough to give him a plus at 50 present, 60 future is this is a dude with high contact rates, switch hitter, but he doesn't chase. And we talk about warming. You know, he, he he has the high contact rate, but he swings a lot. And that's something that can get exposed a little bit at the upper levels with the moving parts we talked about works now could get exposed at the upper levels. You look at, at what Amador is able to do. Not only is he not striking out. I mean, this guy's walking more than 44 walks, 42 strikeouts. I mean, like, and it was the same thing at the complex league, 27 walks, 29 strikeouts. He's tapping into power. He's not chasing. I, I, there's really not much to, to hate about this guy. 306, 409, 465 slash line in low A. He just turned 19. So we're talking about warming Burnable and what, where he's at. He, this guy just turned 19, and he is putting on a display offensively. I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds of this guy. You don't have the lefty-righty splits up, do you? I don't have them in front okay. of Okay, no, don't do it. I've got them right here. Okay. 66 plate appearances against left-handed pitching, so in the right-handed batter's box as a righty hitter. What do you think he's hitting in 66 plate appearances? Got to be like 340. 415. <laughs> what do you think his OBP is against left-handed pitching? 66 plate appearances. 520. 508. Okay. It's incredible. I mean... That- it's insane, dude. Against uh, against righties in 260 plate appearances, so far greater sample size, he's hitting 280 with a 382 OBP. So, Fantastic. like, it's really good. If he is one of the better average hitters, and, like, he is obviously one of the best average hitters in all the minor league baseball against left-handed pitching, but if he is a lefty killer that is also hitting 280 against right-handed pitching, that's way better than what you're seeing from Wander Franco, who's one of the best yeah. left-handed hitting or one of the best left-handed pitching hitters in baseball. Yep. Pitcher hitting. I, that was very hard for me to compute. Did you that see? Was, that was a, I know what you were trying to say, but one of the best hitters of left-handed pitching. Yes, one of the best hitters of left-handed pitching. But then he really struggles against right-handed pitching, much yeah. like Ozzy Albies, right? Really struggles against right-handed pitching. If they could be a righty hitter the entire time, great. With Amador, what it's looking like, and granted low A and a small sample size, but if he is amazing as a right-handed hitter and he's flipping around and hitting 280, you're going to take that. You are totally okay with him being that switch hitter. A hundred percent. And it's funny because, you know, Wander was so freaking good at every level that it didn't really get exposed until the big league level. And he's going to be fine, but it's, it's a good point. It really hampers his production. And you can really see some of those kinks from the left side a bit more. With Wander, like there's it's two different swings and he's still working through that. And I think he's getting getting better in that regard with Amador. I, I really like the swing from both sides. And it seems like righty, he, he doesn't have as much going on. Um, and it seems like he's more geared for contact. Like there's more explosion. There's more lower half involvement from the left side. And he takes some big hacks and leverage counts from the left side. The right side, it seems like he's just like see ball, hit ball, which is great because Instead of having a left-on-left situation, you have a guy that literally feels like he can just put the bat on the ball against lefties and almost guaranteed put, put it in play, at least against this level of pitching. That's beautiful for a switch hitter. I think he's definitely, the numbers would suggest that he's been better from the right side. I'd argue that his left-handed swing is more conducive to big league production 
if we're talking about, you know, guys got to hit for power now. And, and that lefty swing has a bit more juice, a bit more lift. But the righty swing is awesome because he, he's bat to ball. He's simple. He repeats his moves really well. And, and that combination there gives him a really, really high floor. Uh, I think the power is going to continue to develop. He has some room to fill out. But I like the swings that he he takes, man. Like 2-0, he takes his big hack. 2-1, yeah. he kind of tones it back a little bit. Uh, if it's in a spot where he likes it, he'll still take a hack. Then two strikes, he's kind of right back to being what he looks like on the right side, which is awesome. contact-oriented, use the whole field, gap-to-gap kind of guy. And that's how you get 10 home runs while only striking out 12.8% of the time. This guy's going to climb through the minors quickly. Defensively, probably not going to play short long-term. I think he could get by there, but they have a guy that could be a gold glover that we're going to get to in a minute. And on top of that, his arm's a little fringy. So I I could see him playing second base, and that could be one of the most exciting up-the-middle duos. We'll get to Tovar in a minute. But he could be one of the best second basemen in the game if he keeps projecting the way I, I think he can. He's going to finish this year probably with the 2020 season. Um, you know, we'll see if the home runs get there. He might be just shy. He'll steal 20 bags, no problem. And I, I think that's the kind of guy he can be in the big leagues is 2020 with good average and, and getting on base at a good clip. At, at second base, he'll probably be a, a plus defender too. Yeah, you say he's going to rise quickly. I guess my question is how quickly? Because you have a 2025 ETA on him. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask that is because... As of right now, if we were to put together a five-year plan for the Rockies, he's the second baseman for the Colorado Rockies in 2025. But you look at Brendan Rodgers' contract structure, and Brendan Rodgers would be entering his final year of arbitration in 2025. So is that one of those where, you know, you've got Amador coming up, you still have Brendan Rodgers there, and, and maybe, you know, Colorado is not looking to extend Brendan Rogers and you know, you've got Amador here and maybe he's just kind of an understudy to him at second base in 2025. And then 2026 it's Amador's and Brendan Rogers is an unrestricted free agent. I think Amador can force his way up there before Rogers is gone. And obviously, you know, no, no decisions that the Rockies make are going to be based on, on Amador. You and I both know that, but it, this is like the game we love to play because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is right. Predict, predict how these guys fit in at the big league level. Yeah, I think he can be up there by 2025. I, look at what he's doing right now. I, I think he's legitimately wasting his time at this point in low. <laughs> he's so walking you think more he than he strikes out. High a. What? You think he should go to high A? You think he should finish this year in high A? Finish this year in high A. Start Depending next year. on how he does. Yeah. Let's say he rakes, then maybe start next year in double. But let's assume he starts next year in high A. Could be in double by midway through the season. Finish the year in double. Then by the next year, he could force his way up to the big leagues with it with a good showing and triple. And I think anybody who gets to Albuquerque is going to force their way to the big leagues. We know I that. I think so. Shout and, out Jimmy and, Heron, by the way, for just getting promoted to triple uh, yeah. right after we talked about him. I bet he's going to start going off offensively too a little bit. But through that, yeah, that doesn't that sound like a normal timeline, roughly? It does. And, you know, you've got it might be a little aggressive and you've got Amador knocking on the door of the big leagues at some point in the 2024 season, which is um, arbitration year two for Brendan Rogers. So you've got, you know, one more year of Rogers after that. But, you know, if Rogers is playing well, then obviously you ride him out and you've got that young guy. Maybe you can, you know, have a little bit less urgency with him. But if he is if he is undeniably ready to be the second baseman for the Rockies, you know, Maybe that turns a guy like Rogers into a trade piece where you can go and, and supplement elsewhere where you see fit. That's the beauty of this. Yeah, you look at all these guys as as trade chips. And the MO in minor league baseball is 
not only are you trying to perform for your team, you're trying to perform for the 29 others yeah. because 29 other teams are ready to give the best player the shot and they may be in the system. They may not be in the system. Um, you also have to look at it like, listen, our guy here up top, he can get us some return. He can get us some prospect return, depending on where the Rockies are situationally. Maybe it makes sense to have this 21 year old come up and, you know, be the second baseman and work through some struggles and trade Rogers for a bullpen piece. If that's what you need in 2025. Yeah. I think it really depends where the Rockies are at. Uh, but the, and I think I'm totally with you. I agree. And, and I think the, ultimately Amador just fits the profile of a guy that I think is going to climb. I, you yeah. know, he, he walks, <laughs> doesn't swing and miss a lot. The defense, if he moves to second base, will, will be, just fine. It'll be kind of whether they want to keep him at short, but we know Tovar is going to be at, at short. So yeah. I, I think he could climb relatively quickly. And uh, for that reason, uh, and I don't really see him struggling at, at any level too much. Uh, I'm sure he'll have his learning curves, but I don't think he'll struggle too much. And uh, that's similar to what I think almost all of these prospects have, except for Zach Veen, who has a little bit more swing and miss. we'll get to, but like Drew Romo is another just ridiculous bat to ball guy that happens to be an elite defensive catcher too. How do you like this profile, Jack? Above average hit tool, average power, uh, like athletic plus defender, switch hitter as a catcher. Sound cool? That hit 314 last year in low A? Yes. And now in high A, he's hitting 291, 351, 426. That stole 23 bags last year and has stolen 13 and 16 tries this year. Yeah, it, that, that's also, also the funny thing. Fangraphs has like a 30 on his speed. I, I watched this dude run. I was watching the video. He's he's an average runner at the worst. He's, he's 13 for 16 in the stolen base department. How are you a High 30 a. grade runner? Yeah, it's not it's not low A anymore. And then, and then he, but he did it in low A. And this is not a 30 grade runner at all. Um, but also they have him as a 60 raw power. That's the one thing I, I push back on. I don't see that much power there for Romo, but who cares? <laughs> because this is a switch hitter with really, really impressive bat to ball skills and is really improved with his patience overall. Um, he's tapping into more power this year, a little bit more, you know, but I, I don't think that's going to be his game. I think his game is doubles, elite defense, and a low strikeout rate. And you don't get that from many catchers. I see above average hit tool, average power, a really good athletic catcher and a plus defender back there who apparently, you know, the Rockies are already regarding as, you know, kind of the future at, at the position. They, they are already looking at, at Drew Romo. He's like penciled in for 2025 starting catcher. Like that's yeah. the full How expectation for, for, for what people not? are saying. Yeah. Where, where is this guy going to slow down? And, and for those who are wondering, like, where, where did he come from? 35th overall selection in 2020. The only reason this guy wasn't taken higher is because of the stigma of high school catchers. If there wasn't a stigma on high school catchers, if we just looked at Drew Romo in a vacuum, I think he would have been a top 20 pick. But the thing was, is we know the stigma and, and it's, it's a legitimately fair stigma. But Drew Romo is different. He's athletic. He's a switch hitter. And he, he's an above average hit tool guy. That's a high school catcher I'm drafting. Any day of the week. And that was a great pick at 35th overall by the Rockies. So I, I find it really interesting, just catchers, like whether it be high school or college or international guys, because they tend to have um, one of two types of build outs, right? One is the subdued Adley Rutschman, where they can do a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. The other is Joey Bart, 
where he's got a hose and he's got a shit ton of power and you're hoping that a little bit more of the finesse comes through. Romo is the first one. Romo is a subdued Adley Rutschman with better bat to ball than Adley had at that age. Actually, I don't know. I mean, Adley was raking at Oregon state as a 20 year old, but um, you know, maybe with a little bit more bat to ball, less pop, but more speed um, and, and comparable defense. And I'm not saying that drew Romo is Adley Rutschman reincarnated. I'm saying that he is um, a similar mold to that of Adley Rutschman yeah. here, where you're getting just a little bit of everything and a you're getting bit. a really good hitter that happens to be your catcher, not a catcher that can hit mammoth tanks, but strike out 45% of the time. Like Mike Zanino, who's always the comp. Like every, every catcher with that profile, everyone's like, oh, well, you're hoping for a Mike Zanino outcome. You're probably not going to get it. You know, it, it, those guys rarely even hit enough to get to the Mike Zanino outcome. Yeah, my, my comp because of the, the the power not being there was was somewhat of like a switch hitting Real Muto if it all works out. That's Ruben, incredible. Because you know, of his athleticism, right? And and here's the thing with Romo, dude. I don't care about the bat at this point. I this is probably one of the safest big leaguers uh, in high A. There's one of the safest prospects that you could say is a big leaguer because the glove is already elite. He needs a little bit of work with the receiving, like any young catcher. He's legitimately 20 years old, but he's already considered one of the best defensive catchers, if not the best defensive catcher in the lower minors. And we already talked about the offensive numbers. I think there's a little bit more room for power. And even if he's a 10 to 15 home run guy, I mean, JT was never hitting 30. Uh, That's why I like this mold. And I think that's, you know, that's what makes Adley, so unique is that Adley could hit 35 uh, yeah. and do all the things we talked about. But Romo has a lot of real Muto in him with that profile. Um, and obviously he's got a long way to go to do it at the big league level. But but I, I could see it if it all works out going that way. If it doesn't work out offensively as much, the gloves are already going to he's going to be a big league catcher. The bat to ball will be better than most at the position. It'll just be how he lacks impacts. But I think he'll have enough impact, of course. Can we play a game here? Uh, I'm going to give you 162 game averages, and I want you to tell me best case scenario for Drew Romo, yes or no. Okay. Okay. 306 hitter. Like best case scenario? Yeah. I think, yeah, he could pull that off. Uh, 390 OBP. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. high. That's probably too high. Probably too high. Okay. 439 slugging. About right. Yes. So you think he can be an 830 OPS guy? Absolutely. Okay. Um, 12 homers. Yeah. He's got that. Um, what do you think the strikeout numbers would look like in 162 games, like a hundred or like 150? I, I'm a big percent guy. So let's say, uh, I'll tell you right now, let's um, say 18%, 15, 18%. 18%. He's, he's so okay. good bat to ball wise. I, I don't see it being higher than that. So you want to say 15 to 16%? Sure. Okay. So this guy's 13%, 12% walk rate. Lower. He doesn't walk. A, Lower. He's, a, he's one of those guys. He might get better in that regard, but he's your classic. I can get the bat on everything. So I'd rather not leave it in the hands of a lower level umpire. I want to see if he gets more, more patient at the upper levels. But I mean, this is a dude that can throw his hands at a pitch, two balls off the plate and drive it for a hit. Like it's, it's very impressive barrel control. Yeah. So you said yes to 12 homers. How about 35 doubles? Uh, that would be the hope. Okay. 80 driven in. That's kind of the hope too, right? Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of gold gloves. You think if he plays like 10 years, hundred yes, percent, I think he can win some gold gloves. Okay. Do you know who I'm, I'm comping? Is that not real Muto? It's Joe Maurer. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but that that's Joe Mau- That was Joe Mauer's 162 average. Joe Mauer's 162 average, a 306 hitter with an 827 OPS. He just won't have the peaks doubles. that Mauer had. Yeah, I mean Mauer Mauer was walking 82 times and walking or and uh, striking out 90 times. Yeah, he's not going to walk that much. That's he's. Yeah, I mean, Maurer, like in 2009, when he won his MVP, hit 365 with an OPS over 1,000. Romo can never, ever, ever do that. But when Drew or when uh, Joe Maurer finished eighth in MVP voting, he hit 327 with an 871 OPS, nine homers, 75 driven. I think you can you can hope for something similar to that. I mean, I don't know about 320, 315, 310. So there we go. I mean, I mean like, a bat to ball guy with that kind of outfield switch hitter, you know, like you're not going to shift him. He, he's going to have so many base hits in cores uh, and he's going to use it to his advantage and he'll sneak some out still. There's a reason why you're seeing this guy almost as a consensus top 50 prospect now um, and a consensus even maybe higher than that. I, I know Baseball America had him at like 33. I've seen others pushing towards the top 30. And there's another reason why we're not totally scoffing at the best possible outcome of Drew Romo being comparable to the average year for Joe Maurer. If Drew Romo finishes this year with the numbers that he has right now, roughly, you know, on the same trajectory, he's he's probably a top three catching prospect in baseball, depending on who graduates. Francisco Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, Let's say Gabby Moreno graduates. Who else? Ah, Henry Davis. I would put him ahead of Henry Davis. You'd put him ahead of Henry Davis. Yes. Oh my God. Henry Davis's bat may be better long-term, but this, the defense, I don't think is very close. I think the only guys that you could put ahead of him that who I don't think will graduate Alvarez, Alvarez, Diego Cartaya, maybe, but I think you can make the case for Romo over Cartaya. Cartaya is offensive minded. I would probably lean Cartaya. So there you go. He's, he's the third best catching prospect in baseball. I think at the worst, like almost at the worst case, if he continues on this trajectory. Better than Henry Davis, better than Soderstrom. Yes. Better than Harry Ford. Yep. Better than Wells. Yep. Better than Campy. Yep. Okay. So literally it's, it would be between him and Diego Cartaya and, and Cartaya has been much better than I thought he would be this year. Um, and one of them gets all the love. Oh, Cartaya gets all the love in the world and he deserves it. I mean, he has been fantastic. The guy's got a 994 OPS so far in high A. So Cartaya probably edges him out because of the impact that he has and also a good defender. But Romo's right there. Third best catching prospect in baseball. If I told you that was going to be the case before this year, I think you you probably would have laughed. Yeah, I think so. Another guy that's going to be climbing up, climbing up our update. Mm. Ezekiel Tovar. I said something on the Just Baseball show today that got you guys going a little bit. Because I said Jeremy Pena-esque. Yeah. I don't think he has as much power. But Coors Field, it'll play up a little bit. And he's probably a better runner. Defensively, I think he's right there with Pena. Hit tool-wise, I would lean Tovar. Power-wise, Pena has him him beat. That's pretty close. That's pretty he close. Said, and Tovar so far this year, by the way, 20 years old still for another month. He's still 20 years old. This is in double A as a 20 year old. 318, 386, 545 slash line. 13 home runs, 17 stolen bases, 9% walk rate, 22% K rate. 
I talked to some guys that have played with him and they said as well, make up off the charts. There's a reason why this 20 year old is in double A. He carries himself like, like a 25 year old, 28 year old. When I hear all those things, one, it makes sense that he's succeeding the way he is Two, It just makes me want to put him as high as humanly possible. You said 2023 NL rookie of the year. Yeah. Do you really believe that? I think he can be dude over Francisco Alvarez. Well, guy, obviously the favorite's going to be Francisco Alvarez. And like, but, it, but it's a Bobby Witt, Jeremy Pena thing. I said, that, that, that's my thing. I, I said, Jeremy Pena was my pick to win rookie of the year over Bobby Witt because I thought he would translate quicker. doesn't mean I think he's better than him. Uh, I didn't think Julio Rodriguez would be, you know, go nuclear this year. Yeah. I'm sure somebody else might go nuclear, but I, what I'll tell you is Tovar will be a finalist for rookie of the year. If he gets called up next year, if they give him a shot, this guy should be in triple by the end of the year and he should get a chance to break camp next year. I don't need to see that much more personally. Like I think he needs another hundred, 200 plate appearances. Obviously he needs to finish this year out in the minors. He should yeah. have a chance to break camp next year. He is an elite defender. Like I, I have some clips I put on Twitter. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to embed some maybe in the article that I already posted. But uh, <laughs> if you search my Twitter at, and then search Tovar, you'll see some of the best plays I've seen in the minor leagues. This dude will win gold gloves. And he's hitting 318 in double A as a 20 year old with 17 for 20 on bags. He's a plus runner. And he's finally tapping into to more power. How do you not bet on this guy? So stop me when you think Tovar slots in in shortstop rankings. Gunnar Henderson. That guy's probably top. <laughs> Volpe. Volpe's got the edge for now, but it's getting close. Luciano. Luciano's got the edge. Uh, Lawler and Meyer. I would. mm, That's a good one. I would lean Tovar. Noel V. Marte. Tovar. Arelvis Peraza. Tovar. Tovar. Wow. Okay. So So you've got. Basically, the big decision that we have to make in this update. Is yeah. is Tovar ahead of Meyer and Waller? Yeah, proximity matters here, and Tovar's not that much older than these guys. I'm so excited for this midseason update. Tovar's about less than a year older than both of these guys. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're less both nineteen. A year older. They're both twenty, right? Nineteen. They're 20. both uh, nineteen. Meyer was born December 2002, so they're both Meyer's 19. Lawler was born July 17th, 2002, so he's about to turn 20. Okay, so about a year older. I don't think these guys are getting to double A and raking by the beginning of next year. No, and I mean, Tovar's a way better defender than Meyer. Lawler's a really, really good defender, but Tovar probably better. If I told you, if I told you that through 66 games next year, Meyer and Lawler will have 13 home runs each and hit 318, 386, 545, you would be thrilled. I'd believe you on Lawler. I actually wouldn't believe you on Meyer. Because you don't think you'd have that much power? I don't think you'd have that much power. I agree. So it's even reinforcing my point even further. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's interesting. And you can't just play the results, but like, Okay, let's play the the projection on Tovar here. He still has more room to fill out. I think he could get even more physical, and he's already hitting for power. 
So you, you got to kind of play some of the results here at a certain level. And uh, he, he's a heck of a defender. I, I think he slots somewhere either between those two guys or ahead of them. And I think that's pretty nuts. Volpe, Luciano, Gunner probably get the edge. Luciano's still 21. Um, and just the upside there impact-wise is nuts. Uh, but I think you can make the case for Tovar to be up there just about as high as anybody. Yeah, I think I'm with you, man. Well, you, we save the best for last. I'll just just let you go about your my crush, my, your your man crush. Uh, Zach Veen is number one. Uh, he's the top prospect in the Rocky system. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. He's a guy that's going to rise in our update. He makes the jump to high A this year, which is what we expected. He's 20 years old and still like only 20 years old and six months. He has 33 stolen bases this year. He's 33 for 34 with 10 pumps, 13% walk rate, 21% K rate. Here's the biggest thing that stands out to me. I had some concern about the length of his swing at times. I had some concern about, you know, just, just the zone swing and miss last year. Not in terms of long-term. It was just something I was watching. I was like, that needs to get rectified. Yeah. Well, after striking out 26% of the time, in low A, he's now striking out 21% of the time in high A and producing basically the same power numbers across the board, maybe slight downtick. I mean, that's all you can ever ask for. I'm in love. I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm in love. Um, who would, I mean, like, who was my guy before Veen? Was it Alec Thomas? Yeah. And he's I, so much I, better. Veen's so much better. He's so much better, dude. Yeah. Like Alec Thomas was everything we wanted in the floor, but here we are looking at Veen and this is a six, four buck 90 guy who could hit 25 to 30 bombs at Coors. That is 33 for 34 in the stolen base department in 72 games. I mean, if we're looking at somebody that can go 30, 30 in minor league baseball, I, he's probably number one on the list. I was going to say, you know, you know, it'd be like a good article for us to do. Who's the most likely player to go like 40, 40 next. And I think yeah. like the obvious would be like Julio Rodriguez, Bob. Yeah. J Rod. But if you had to keep digging down and go into the minor leagues, Zach Veen's got to be an option here. I don't know if he's going to hit 40. Um, and that's going to be more approach dependent because I think he could sell out. And, and oh, be a easy. That, he's got so much pop in there. But, he, you know, and people might look and say, oh, but, you know, the slugging percentage went that this is all part of the plan. Right. We know Zach Veen knows the Rockies, everybody in Zach Veen's mom and, and everybody knows that Zach Veen has crazy power. We've seen him hit top end exit velos. It's natural lift. He's another one of those guys that similar to O'Neill Cruz, Ellie Dilla Cruz, uh, any any tall guy that stays short to the ball, when you have long arms, you generate so much extra whip with the barrel. And that's why he's able to just make this crazy impact on the baseball and put up crazy exit velos. The ball is going to sail for him more than anybody, I think, at course. Hopefully he doesn't sell out too much for power because I think you got to find that balance. And I'd rather him be a 280 guy with a high on base and 25 to 30 home runs than a 250 guy with, with 35 to 40. Um, but I mean, this is, this is a dude that if the hit tool continues to trend in the right direction, I think he's going to add a little bit more physicality. He's a, he flies. He looks like he's progressing as a good defender and center. This guy could be one of the best outfielders in baseball, man. This guy can win MVPs.
he could win MVPs. Uh, that's my thing. So I, I'm thinking about 40, 40 guys. And obviously J Rod and Witt, you're, you're spot on there. And then I'm thinking about some guys in minor league baseball right now. Who's more likely to go 40, 40 if the stars align Corbin Carroll or Zach Veen? It's not even close. And I love Corbin Carroll, but, but Corbin Carroll is never going to hit 40 home runs. How about Robert Hassel or Zach Veen? Hassel's never hitting 40. Dude. You think Veen can really hit 40? How about Brennan Davis? I don't think he's ever hitting 40. Like it's a combination of cores and outrageous power. Outrageous that, like, power. Oh, uh, O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, it would be. That's 40 probably bags. the guy. I don't know if he'd get 40 bags. He could get 40 bags. Now, odds are nobody does it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, the odds are so stacked again, against that. For the game. sake of argument, I mean, like that's the point. If you look at the home run to fly ball rate for, for Veen, you know, it's been consistently high when he gets the ball in the air. And that's something he needs to continue to get better at is it's just, and I think that's, again, it's part of the plan for him this year. It's just been making more contact and I'm glad he's doing that. He'll find that balance of now, you know, finding the more contact and still tapping into more power. I don't know if he's ever going to try and sell out to be that 40 guy, but I think he has that kind of raw power potential. And that's why I put 70 raw power there. And I think it's there. I, I don't think he's ever going to totally be that player, but I think he will. I would bet over the course of his career that he's a 30, 30 guy though. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he could easily yeah. be a 30, 30 guy. And, and we're, he's going to steal probably 50 bags this year in, in high A. And I mean, usually, I, I, you know, you can kind of cut that down 20% at each level roughly, but I, I think he could easily be a 30, 30 guy. No problem. Again, remind me what his weakness is. It's just a little bit with the hit tool. And I'm still seeing a guy that's walking 13% now in high A. I'm seeing a guy whose chase rate has improved. It's more of just getting a little long at times. Not chasing those high fastballs is a guy that, you know, knows that it's going to be a little bit harder for him as a tall dude with, with some length to him to get to those pitches. There's a reason why Mike Trout never swings at high fastballs. It's just he knows his swing's not designed to hit those as much. And if you look at his chase rate on pitches elevated, it's, it's almost non-existent. Uh, that's where Veen needs to just cater his approach more to his strength. But it's just a little bit of zone miss. But there, there's guys that are superstars at the big league level with a little bit of zone miss. So as long as he continues to hedge that and his routes in the outfield get a little bit better, I don't see how this guy is not one of the best outfielders in baseball. Stamp me for an MVP on Zach Veen. You're going to take the future bet. MVP, yeah, absolutely. Anytime MVP. What do you think those odds are? Plus 200. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what those odds. It's got to be better than that, right? I mean, I have Anytime no idea. MVP, it's got to be like a plus a thousand. It has He's to be. He's in high A. Dude. I 20 mean, years old, though. Exit Velos, we've seen over 110. What else do you need to see? What else I don't do you know. need to see? The only thing I would say is actually the splits. That would be the only other thing I'd love to see because, like, I'm pulling it up right now. I, I honestly, one of the only things I didn't look at too much with him just because I don't know. I'm just not overly concerned about that. Yep. His splits are fine. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> left no, on left I'm gonna, this year, 289, 403, 423. I'm going to cherry pick the, I'm going to cherry pick a really dumb split that he sucks in. Um, ooh, he's hitting 171 when the score is tied. So he's not a gamer. Oh, so he, um, he folds under pressure. Okay. He hits 120 in the sixth inning. He's Ooh. three for 25 in the sixth inning. Using the research tool? 
Yeah. Just pinch it for him. I brought, when I was visiting Griffin, I was, I just started rattling him like dumb stats and he's like, what Thursdays? He he's like this? a buck 60 on Thursdays. He's like Thursdays. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you right funny. now, the dumbest Griffin Conine stat I can possibly find. But uh, left on left is, is huge. I mean, if, if this guy's doing left on left at even a decent clip, like we're seeing, it's hard not to love Zach V. Ooh, fourth inning for Griff. No good. Hitting a buck 72. In the fourth? In the fourth inning. He's got to work on that. He's got to work on that. No, I mean, listen, last. keep Zach V away from the sixth inning, and he is a perennial MVP candidate. <laughs> just, just don't let him hit there. Last thing I'll say on Veen, last 28 days. 313, 394, 627 slash line. 13 for 13 on stolen bases, five home runs. It's a 1,020 OPS. So he's only getting better. So I think he's utterly incredible. Correct. I do. I, I watch so much. So I, I told you, um, and, and I've told you to do the dive too. And I think I've said it on the Just Baseball show too. Victor Wemboyama is going to be the first overall pick in next year's NBA draft. And like my late you night love thing. You talking about Wemboyama. No, I mean, my, my late night thing is just watching Victor highlights on YouTube. I've, but I my other it. late night thing was Andrelton Simmons watching his Braves defensive highlights because oh, they're incredible. I love, that one. I love that. And right now it's honestly Zach Veen, like just seeing a tall dude with flowy hair and a mustache, like he's kind of gangly. Swing. Yeah. yeah. And just like a little, like a little long, it feels like to the naked eye, but then he just produces these mammoth shots and runs like a gazelle. He's one of my favorite, like late night YouTube dives. I just can't get enough of him. I, I'm a huge fan. I love it. It, I, he's one of my favorites. I would say I love watching Hassel and his swing yeah. and just the way his lower half works. Uh, another fun dive for me lately, guilty pleasure late night has been uh, DL Hall. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I've been watching his starts and I'm just like, what the hell am I watching? Dude, it, it's just it, ridiculous. It's really like a lefty cease. Hey, good news. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, getting up to Fort Wayne. They needed a uh, a chair filled on the TV broadcast, so I'm going to be calling Robert Hassel games Saturday and Sunday, going back to see some old friends. So I'll be I will report in. back. Let's I go. missed John Kenzie Noel by a couple of days. I'm seeing Lake County, but he's up with Double A Akron now. It- by the way, that top five in the Akron Rubber Ducks order it was Tana, Rocchio, Lavastida, Valera, Noel. Uh, they had a ridiculous rotation too. I, I, I love it. I love that system. I love that system, but man, I'm glad we've carved out a little extra time for Zach Veen. Uh, we've, we're going to talk futures game on yeah. Monday or Tuesday. We're hoping to walk down an interview with the Jimmy Heron, the recently yeah. promoted Jimmy Heron, trying to set something up for hopefully Monday. Um, just flushing out a time that works out for him. And then we're going to talk futures game as well. Really yeah. fun roster that I'm excited to break down. Uh, maybe one or two guys. And I honestly was like, who is that? <laughs> but who is that? overall, yeah. overall, really fun group and, and a really talented group. So we'll break that down next week. Again, reminder that the, the whole write-up is in the episode description. That'll do it for this episode. I hope you have a great weekend for all of you listening wherever. If you already had your weekend, you're listening on Monday. I hope it was a great weekend and we'll talk yeah. to you again on Monday.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.